Hello and welcome to episode number 242 of Smart Podcast Trashy Books. I'm Sarah Wendell from Smart Bitches Trashy Books. With me today is Jennifer Lohman. Jennifer was the 2010 RWA Librarian of the Year and has been a librarian for a very long time. She's also a romance author and now works at Novelist. We're going to talk about Novelist, which is a resource you might already have access to through your library, and it is a way to help you find books to read. It's kind of cool. We also talk about hosting a romance book club. Jennifer has been running a book club in North Carolina for romance readers for several years. So we're going to talk about selecting books that create conversation, cultivating discussion, and managing personalities in a group setting. So if you're thinking, I wish I had a romance book club, maybe this will inspire you to start one locally. We also talk about the books that she's reading and the book that she's writing right now and what she's self-publishing very soon. Now, I have some news. I'm very excited. I'm going to try to control myself, but I probably won't be successful. We're going to do a live show. Yes! I'm so excited. Okay. Deep breath. Trying to be cool. Yeah, it's not going to happen. Okay. If you are attending RT, Romantic Times in Atlanta, and you would like to attend a live show taping of Smart Podcast Trashy Books... On Friday, the 5th of May at 4.30 p.m. in the Hyatt Regency Atlanta, I'm going to be doing a live show with a special series of guests and the bitches and quizzing and mayhem and possibly semi-drunk book recommendations. I am planning for this to be a lot of fun. So if you would like to come, I hope you do. There are two things you need to know. First, in order to attend, you have to be registered for RT because access to the place where we're doing the recording is limited to conference attendees only, by which I mean you have to have a badge. Um, you can't see me, but I'm actually tracing a square on my chest like, hey, you have to have a badge. Wow, that's great. The other thing to know is that space in the room is limited. So I am using a resource from the lovely ladies at the Friendshipping podcast called attending.io. And you can save yourself a seat and get all the information you need. I will have a link to the ticketing website in the podcast entry at smartbitchestrashybooks.com slash podcast. And if you are thinking, I could sign up right now, just tell me the URL. I will give you a short URL right now. Please don't surf the internet while you're driving. And if you're on the pod, on the, on the treadmill, for the love of God, be careful. Okay. Bitly, B-I-T dot L-Y slash S-P-T-B live show, all one word, no capital letters, S-P-T-B as in smart podcast, trashy books, live show, bitly slash S-P-T-B live show. We'll give you all the information you need or just go to the podcast entry at smartbitchestrashybooks.com slash podcast. Now, two more things. One, I could not be doing this without the support of all of the people who have made pledges on Patreon. So I want to extend a very deep and extremely heartfelt thank you for all of your support because I would not be able to manage the equipment and the instruction and all the details without you. So thank you so much for that. And speaking of Patreon, I have some compliments to give out. Elizabeth B. You know those little doors that people put at the bases of trees, like fairy doors? They actually will open for you. So you should try one. And if the door is locked, it only means they're in the shower right now. So come back later. To Joanne W. Yesterday, one of your former teachers thought about you and thought about how talented and intelligent you are. And to Aline D. When you give advice, it is kind, thoughtful, and always helpful. And your friends know that when they have a problem, you can always help them. And if you're thinking, well, those compliments were spiffy. I hope you thought that because I have a really good time writing them. You can have a look at patreon.com slash smartbitches for as little as $1 a month. You can help support the show, help me upgrade equipment, or create really cool equipment so I can do a live show. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. So have a look at patreon.com slash smartbitches. 
I also want to thank our podcast sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Wind River Cowboy by Lindsay McKenna. New York Times and USA Today bestselling author, U.S. Navy veteran and genre pioneer Lindsay McKenna captivates readers with the third book in her Wind River Valley series. With her signature military heroes in a Western romance setting, this distinguished author's finest talents combine for an engrossing series about searching for the true meaning of love and freedom within the wild expanse of the American West. Wind River Cowboy sees two former Special Forces teammates reunited at the Barsi Ranch after a tragedy during the war in Afghanistan. Can they help each other heal the wounds of the past and embrace the secret love they've always felt for one another? Wind River Cowboy by Lindsay McKenna is on sale now wherever books are sold and at kensingtonbooks.com. Ooh, secret love story. We also have a transcript sponsor this month, and I want to say thank you for that. The transcript for this episode is being brought to you by The Romance Reader's Guide to Life, a new book from Flatiron Books by author Sharon Pywell. As a young girl, Nave was often stuck in a world that did not know what to do with her. Her small hometown of Lynn, Massachusetts, did not have a place for a girl whose feelings often put her at war with the people around her, including her mother, her brother, and the town librarian who really wanted to keep her away from the dangerous books she really wanted to read. But through an unexpected friendship, Neve finds herself with a forbidden copy of The Pirate Lover, a steamy romance novel, and Neve discovers a world of passion, love, and betrayal. When Neve and her older sister Lily are about to realize their professional dream as adults, Lily suddenly disappears, and Neve must put her beloved books down and take center stage, something she has been running from her entire life. She must figure it out what happened to Lily and if she's next. The Romance Reader's Guide to Life is a story within a story within a story. There's a pirate romance, a powerful bond between two sisters, and a world that is determined to hold them back. The Romance Reader's Guide to Life is one of the most original, entertaining, exciting, and chilling novels you will read this year, and it is available now wherever books are sold. The music you're listening to is provided by Sassy Outwater. I will have information at the end of the podcast as to who this is, and I will always, always have links to all of the books and things that we discuss in this episode, both in our podcast entry page at smartbitchestrashybooks.com slash podcast and at itunes.com slash dbsa if you are an iTunes user, listener, person. This has been a rather long intro, and I just want to thank you for sticking with me because I had a lot of things to go over. Live show, compliments, Patreon, sponsor, transcript sponsor, what we're doing here. So now, without any further delay, on with the podcast. Uh, my name is Jennifer Lohman. Um, I am a writer of contemporary romance. Uh, I write for Super Romance for Harlequin, and I've self-published a couple things. I'm also a librarian. I used to be a public librarian, and now I work for a library vendor um, who runs a database that helps people find their next favorite read. It's all about book discovery. Okay, that's cool. Yes, yeah. I love it. Cool. <laughs> So can you talk a little bit about how it works, or are you not allowed to talk about that part? Um, I can talk about it. I'll just need to let EBSCO um, know when this is being published. That's not the word I want. Aired? Aired. Yeah. <laughs> distributed. Aired. Um, because they'll want to know about that, but they'll be perfectly happy to have me talk about it. Please do. Um, I, will, I will certainly send you a link when this goes up. So tell me about what you do. That sounds seriously cool. So Novelist is a database that is about finding your next favorite book. It covers fiction, nonfiction, and audio 
books and generally public libraries subscribe. Um, we have a version for school libraries that only has children's books as well. Um, although public libraries can get that too. But um, so what you can do is you can search for a book um, and it will say read-alikes um, and it will say why those are read-alikes. So let's see, what's a good book that you would like? What was the last book you really read and enjoyed? It's not out yet, so it wouldn't be in there. Hang on. We'll go back a little further. Yeah, let me go backwards. <laughs> Hang on. Or like your favorite romance. So they have to be in print for various reasons. We oh, have to have. Oh, it has to be print. We can't do ebook only. Yeah. Okay. The Unleashing by Shelley Laurenston. So the novelist record of The Unleashing will give a description of the book. It'll tell what series it's in and also what book it is in that series. Um, it gives read-alikes. So if you like The Unleashing, you might like these books. Um, most of the time, those books, those read-alikes are handcrafted by librarians who say, like, you will like these books because um, there's also an algorithm that matches um, it matches genre, it matches subject, and it also matches something called appeal, which is unique to novelists. So appeal talks about the mood or the feel of the book. Um, so it's not really about what the plot is, but in the case of The Unleashing, um, this book is fast-paced, it's amusing, it's steamy, and the writing style is engaging. So if you say, oh yeah, you know, I want a paranormal romance that has an engaging, amusing, an engaging writing style and an amusing tone, you can click on those things and it will pull back books that we have tagged or cataloged because it's metadata, it's cataloging metadata, um, as paranormal romance, fast-paced, amusing, and engaging. Okay, that's seriously cool. I knew about Novelist, but I've never actually played with it because I didn't realize that I had access to it. I thought librarians only had access to it. Your public library probably has access to Novelist, and you can just ask. So if I want to play with this and my library has access, I can, should be able to find something about it on my library website, right? Right. So what do you do for the company that creates Novelist? So I do sales and marketing. Awesome. So, yep. So I do like blog posts and website content and also just serve as an expert. So generally for our sales team, um, the sales folks will go out and talk to librarians right. um, and, and libraries about it. And, and you are them. fluent in librarian. Yes, I am fluent in librarian and fluent in novelist. This so. makes you a very unique skill set. That's very cool. I like it a lot. It's nice to be working on something that I used a lot when I was working in a public library mm -hmm. because, I mean, I loved it when I was working in a public library and now I get to talk about it with people and I get to, like, when I do this um, and talk to libraries about it, uh, I will go on their website and I'll just poke around and spy on what they're doing. <laughs> Which means I get, to, yeah, I get to see what all the cool, like, cool things libraries are doing. Uh, I just talked to a library that was having a a candy mold collection that you could check out. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, that was just the, like, yeah, wow, okay. That's brilliant. Uh, and they also, they, they lent fishing rods, too. Also cool. That's one of the best parts of my job is poking around library websites and going, oh my gosh, this is awesome. That's so cool that they're doing that. I never so. would have thought to see if my library has fishing rods. And I'm actually pretty bummed about our library here because the library that we had in New Jersey 
they would rent out uh, video games on multiple platforms, and there was no video game collection at this yeah. library. And my kids were like, "This this town is terrible!" Like, this is right after we moved. We should never have moved. There are no video games in this library. And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, you're right. That sucks." Yeah, but especially if you're used to it. Yes, and then you move and you can't get it anymore. Sad. Yep. Yeah. So, do you still run your romance book club? I do still run the Romance Book Club. We have a meeting on Thursday, um, and we're reading time travel romance. Um, so, yeah, I uh, I did not give it up when I left the public library. I held on tight to my book club. Book club. Yeah, they're the best part of my month. <laughs> That's what I wanted to talk to you about because I know yep. um, a number of people who listen to the podcast and read the website are thinking, you know, I'd like to start a romance book club, maybe find people who live near me who also read romance and, you know, talk about romances specifically. So I wanted to ask you, how did your romance book club start? And how long has it been running? It has been running since August or September of 2010. Dude. Um, yeah, it's, it's a really long time. Um, and it's actually, it's uh, there are people who came to the first book club who still come regularly, um, which is really awesome. That's um, seriously when, cool. Yeah. Uh, and it started when I moved from the main library in Durham to the Southwest Regional Library. The Southwest Regional Library had just reopened. It has a different patron base. Um, and I thought this is a patron base where maybe I could run a romance book club and we could meet in the library. Um, so I scheduled it. I stuck it on Meetup. The Triangle area of North Carolina is a huge Meetup place, or at least it was in 2010. I assume it still is. Um, meetup is really popular. So I put it on Meetup, and I just was like, okay, we'll see what happens. I think the first book we read was Smooth Talking Stranger by... Um, totally. Yes. That's a good um, book club choice for a romance book club. It was great. Um, and yeah, I, we meet once a month on the first Thursday of the month. Um, generally anywhere between like 10 and 16 of us show up. We now read two books a month. Wow. Um, yeah. Per request, um, from folks who were like, well, you know, one book really isn't enough. I'd like to be able to read more. Um, so we're reading just in time for a Highlander by Grant, Gwen Creedy. Um, and Must Love Breaches by Angela Quarles um, <laughs> for time travel. Um, because I'm doing this for the library, we have a couple requirements. Um, the library has to own enough copies that people can check them out. Of course. Um, and it also has to be in print, mostly because we have a couple people who come to the book club who are not interested in ebooks, right. um, which can make some things a little bit harder for finding titles. Right. Yeah. So we always pick. We have a theme, um, and probably like once every four months or something, I'll pull the group and say like, hey, what do you guys want to read? Like, what haven't you read? What are you interested in reading? And it can be authors. It can be themes. It can be time periods. It can be subgenres, whatever. And I'll write it down, and I'll poke around and see like what can I find um, that the library either owns or can buy um, that's getting like good reviews they also wanted to be the first in a series. That is a lot harder, so that doesn't always happen. Yeah, but it's hard. I, yeah, I try. And so I'll pick two books that fit the theme mm -hmm. um, and then assign them. We are doing 
let's see, it's time travel this month. Last month was first book in a very long series. Um, so we read Virgin River. Oh. And um, we also read Slave to Sensation. Um, Those are very so, different books. Yeah, it was really, it was first book in a series. So if you, you know, for those long running series that have hit like 12 books and you've never started, you we'll just read the first one, book. Right. Yep. Wow. Um, so, and I'm trying to think what else have we done? We've done like 20s books. We did, um, we've done like fanfic versions um, or a sort of movie, winks at movies. Mm-hmm. Um, gosh, I don't, it's just, you know, whatever they think of that they want to read, I will try and find books do the that fit. Do the requests that they give you, um, sometimes like match the seasons or what's going on around them or do, do requests match what's happening around the group or is it generally much more, um, disconnected or completely separated from actual environment? Um, it varies. So, um, we have read around Christmas, um, holiday romances, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of amusing because, um, a lot of the group is kind of like, eh, I'm not really interested in holiday anthologies, but they kind of want to read a holiday anthology around the holidays because yep. it's the holidays and that's what you do. So we've done that a couple of times. A bunch of us in the group went to a program called Gender, Sexuality, Feminism, and the Romance Novel at um, Duke with yes, Ilona that was Andrews. last month, right? Yep. Ilona Andrews, El- Eloisa James, Sarah McLean, and Alicia Ray. How was um, it? Was it cool? It was great. Um, and they would really like to read Ilona Andrews and Alicia Ray. Um, we've read Eloisa James and Sarah McLean. So those will be added to our list. So like stuff like that will come up. Um, some of the folks will go to like RT and they'll meet somebody that they really like and come back and say like, Hey, I met this person. Their book was really good. Or I just enjoyed hearing them speak. Can we read them? Yep. Um, and sometimes it'll just be like, you know, I'm sick of reading about Dukes. Like, please find me his historical romance that is not set in Regency or Victorian or Georgian England. Please God, I want something else. (laughs) And, you know, it's funny, the minute somebody asks me for that, my first thought is Rose Lerner, but not all of her books are available in print. Right. Yep. She writes about historical characters, often in common periods, but usually they are um, middle class or servant class. Same with Courtney Milan. Yes. Um, and we've read some Courtney Milan. This is where that print version gets really difficult because once you branch out and it can just be ebooks, the world of romance novels opens up really widely. Oh yes. But if it has to be in print to serve our non print reading patrons, then all of a sudden we get much, much smaller. I had a very similar problem with the book club that I used to run with all romance ebooks. This was years ago, but the proposal, the idea was that I would pick a book and then they would offer a fifty percent rebate on it. So they would mm-hmm. offer a two-week rebate. People would buy the book through them, and then I'd host a chat, and we'd discuss it. So, of course, I was going for books that were both print and ebook because not everybody was reading ebooks. This was, you know, seven or eight years ago. Well, the problem was agency pricing. All of a sudden, five out of six publishers, oh, right. I couldn't get – I couldn't select their books because they were ineligible for rebate. So I was limited for 
a really long time to Sourcebooks, Kensington, and then Random House. And then Random House went agency, and then they joined Penguin. And it was like, okay, so I have to pick self-published, small press, or non-agency titles. So I would get requests for like, can we read this really big book that's you know coming out and everyone's excited about it? And I'm like, uh, well, we can read it, but I can't get a, a rebate on it. Yeah. Yep. It was very frustrating to work within parameters that, that limit what you select that you can't control. Yes. But it's interesting that if you want print, the difference between what's available in print, what's available in ebook now in 2017 is completely different. Yeah. It's hugely different. So when you're running the Romance Book Club, what kind, what, what are some books that have had great discussions what kind of books do you, are you th- do you select and you think oh this is going to be a great meeting and where do you guys meet uh we meet at the library um occasionally if there's something happening at a library or like duke around i'll schedule a meetup um like the romance writers or the eva perry the wake county library system is having a romance writers tea um and so like i'll list all of those on our website i'll list like the thing that was listed at duke i listed on our website just so other people can see what they are um but otherwise we meet at the library from seven until about eight thirty, depending on how the discussion goes mm-hmm. um the discussion is better when we have people who how did you put it like the I remember you had a blog post about I'm interested in books that are flipping me off um, <laughs> yeah that's the uh, the good <laughs> the goodreads star average looks like it's flipping yes. you off so low in the fives higher in the fours and the threes any disagreement makes a book review much more interesting Yes. And so those are much better when we have someone who comes in and says, like, I loved it for these reasons. And a bunch of other people who go, you know, this was pretty good for these reasons. And someone else who's like, I hated it because. And I will say for all the authors out there, like someone hating your book doesn't actually mean that they're not going to go and read the next one. Thank you. Um, Preach. (laughs) We've had books that people were just like, this was crazy sauce. Like, this was nuts. I don't even understand. But I have to know what happens next, so I'm going to read the next in the series. Yep. I'm like, okay, well, thanks. Please come back and report. This is actually the big piece of advice I give to authors about commenting on reviews. I always say don't do it. Not only because um, it's a space for readers to talk, but blogging software works in a way that if you leave a comment – Anyone who leaves a comment after you, you'll receive a copy of that message in your email. So you're effectively subscribing to the thread when you leave a comment. And if the author comments, people are very hesitant because they know that what they say is going to get back to the author. And that will absolutely, nine times out of ten, stop the person who wants to say, oh my gosh, my reaction was completely opposite. I hated this book and here are 6,000 words as to why. But that's actually what you want if you have a yeah. review. If the review is negative and someone in the comments is like, oh my God, I loved it, here's why, or the or the reverse, that makes readers look at that situation and go, oh, oh, I wonder where I'm going to fall. And then they click and then they buy and then they read. Like that's what you want. Disagreement is actually like gold. Yeah, it's far more interesting. Yep. Um, yeah. So that's, that's, those are my perfect books is when I manage to get it. Like at least one of those books is, gets you that, that, uh, Goodreads, Goodreads finger. Yep. Get flipping um, you off with the Goodreads reviews. Yep. If they are, if we have a book that everybody's like, this was pretty good. I really enjoyed it. 
then that is pretty much the end of that conversation. Right? Yep. Well, those were some words. It did what I expected. It was there. Meh. Yep. It's the hardest review to write, too. Like, okay, well, um, it, it did all the things that I expected. Or, or worse, when I when I go to write the review and I can't actually remember the particulars. Yeah, yeah, because it just it didn't stick out. No, and it didn't do anything that really grabbed me in a major way, which sounds kind of yep. skeezy when you say it that like that. But you know, <laughs> so were there? Can you think of some titles that were um, books that really created that kind of discussion? Do you remember any that people were like, "Whoa, we got to talk about this"? So the Iron Duke was one that really stuck out. Um, the Iron Duke started. We oh, we have one. A member who reads a lot of romance and she started making notes and it started with the Iron Duke like she was coming before then and then she came for the Iron Duke which you know 99% of the people at that at that book club meeting loved the Iron Duke we had uh-huh. two people who showed up just to talk about the Iron Duke we've never seen them again <laughs> um, but, but this one member hated it she had her list of pages about why she hated it oh and what she didn't like about it um, and so we had a lot of discussion about what that was and why that mattered and the things that she brought up. Um, and now it's kind of, uh, it's, you know, a little bit of an inside, an inside joke that she's going to bring her sheet and we all want to <laughs> see what's on her sheet so we can talk about her sheet. Uh, <laughs> Is it difficult to manage discussion and personality sometimes? Um, the ladies are all really awesome. Um, and the, we have been meeting for so long um, and they all remember like their first meeting and how the book club came together that everybody who comes is pretty good at welcoming new members, inviting them to speak, asking them like, hey, you've never been here before. You've been really quiet. Like, what did you think of this book? Mm-hmm. Um, and so you have generous I, facilitators in the group. Oh, yeah. That's really lovely because sometimes you'll go to a book club and it's like one person really just wants to talk for an hour. No, I don't have any of those. Um, That's excellent. Yes. And I do have also, um, I've run three book clubs maybe. Mm -hmm. Um, And I have always just let them, like, we'll talk about the book for a while and then people will break off into their side conversations because the book reminded them of this movie they saw that, oh, Patty wants to know about that movie and Sally, I got to tell Sally too. And then I'll give that like five minutes and then I'll bring the the book club back. Okay, let's get back. Let's talk about this piece that we've not discussed in this book. Um, and I just let it ebb and flow and I try and keep it mostly on the conversation about the book if there's something to talk about in the book. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do recognize that it'll it'll go out and I let it go out and everybody socialize for a bit um, and bring it back so that everybody has time to chat. Right. Because that's part of what makes people come back. Yes. It's the friendships. I mean, these ladies are, no matter how bad my day has been, book club always makes me feel better. <laughs> that's lovely. So... Um, I want everybody who comes to that book club to have that same experience. And and when you have a group, I mean, I, in my experience, generally, uh, romance readers are very generous people. Yes. And we are all so used to being shamed and isolated and um, marginalized for what we like to varying degrees, whether it's overt shaming or just subtle, you know, side eye. I think when we meet each other, we're very eager to to 
to like talk to people about the books because not everybody has a group with which to talk about romance. Um, I'm really happy that it's like such a lovely group. They're fabulous. I love all of them. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I've run it now. It, I can see it was founded August 16th, 2010. Um, so, um, yeah, and I've gone, I think I've missed one book club in those seven years. Wow. Um, so. So if you meet in the library, are you allowed to have like beverages or anything? Um, yes, we're a library program. Um, and so there are different rules. The library has different rules for outside programs. Um, you have to pay a fee. Outside programs have to pay a, a refreshment fee. Right. But we're a library program. So I don't bring beverages or snacks or anything like that. I have a couple of times bought cupcakes. Um, when Lisa won the Romance Writers of the Year, Romance Writers Librarian of the Year Award, I brought I bought cupcakes so that we could celebrate her Aww. cupcake, her with cupcakes. Um, but if other people bring in snacks or drinks or whatever, that's fine. It's no big deal. Yeah. If, if someone wants to start a romance book club and host it at their library, are libraries generally open to that type of thing? Um, I think that really, really depends on the library um, and what their, so it could matter what their strategic plan looks like and does a book club of any kind fit in their strategic plan or a new book club mm -hmm. fit in the strategic plan or are they trying to do something else? Um, are they trying to focus on a different population or a different kind of thing? Right. Um, and then it would matter if they have if they have time and meeting space. It's always worth asking. It is great and it was great as a librarian when people came to me with when patrons came to me with programs that they had an idea for and they were willing to do some of the work for um, and they wanted to run and take care of, um, it does require a commitment. So, um, yes. I mean, that kind of goes without saying, um, except I have had people who were shocked that if they wanted to run a book club, that meant that they had to run a book club. Uh, <laughs> they wanted a book club to, club to happen, not that they wanted to run it. Yes. Um, and so, you know, different libraries have different checkpoints just to make sure that someone who is coming to them with a program, that it fits within the library's mm -hmm. um, like strategic plan and mission statement, et cetera. Um, that the volunteer is going to do the things that the volunteer needs to do um, and will uphold their end of the bargain. Right. Um, you know, and libraries have different rules and different policies about this. So those always vary by library. Right. But it's worth checking. Who should, who should a reader go and look for? Just ask a librarian and they'll, they'll direct them to the right person? Um, I would say go to the reference desk and say, like, say, hey, I'd like to do a romance book club. Is there a person in the library I should talk to? Um, the person at the reference desk is probably a librarian, but they may not be. Um, they also might, there might be a person in the system who works with um, book clubs specifically or programs specifically, there might be a reader services librarian that's at another branch right. um, who will organize this. Um, libraries are organized so differently yes, around the country. Everyone is different, right? Yep. 
<laughs> so it's just worth asking, like, this is what I want to do. Who should I talk to? Um, and you might get that person. Hopefully you'll get referred to that person. So if someone is listening and they're like, all right, I want to do this, I'm going to break out of my introvert shell and I'm going to host a book club. Oh my gosh. What are some of, uh, some of the pieces of advice that you would have for someone about running a romance book club? The first, maybe several times you meet, bring questions. Yep. Um, that gives everybody something to talk about. Do you um, tell people it, the questions in advance or do you just bring them and say, okay, questions? I brought them and I passed them out. And I did that for about six months. I created questions, passed them out. Um, and then everybody took off on their own and now I don't worry about it anymore. Um, but I did. Um, I would pick a book that, especially when you're starting out, mm -hmm. pick a book that's popular and interesting um, and that people, that there's a lot of stuff to talk about, um, but that people like and know they like. Um, so Smooth Talking Stranger was good for that. Smooth Talking Stranger is a great book. There are things in it to talk about. Yes. Um, There's and, a lot yeah. going on in that book that's not just the romance. Right. Yeah. Um, and so picking a book like Lord of Scoundrels would also be good. Um, just something that's generally positive. Now I don't worry so much about that because there is a different level of trust in a book club that's been going on for seven years. Mm -hmm. Um, that I can pick something that actually I, I, I can think, oh, you know, I can, these five people aren't going to like it. And so I can take that bit of a risk. But when you're starting out, I would be kind and let people come and talk about why they love the book before right. they come and talk about, they feel comfortable enough to come and talk about books they didn't like. Right. You're, you're going to try to select books that you think the majority of the people will enjoy in some way. Yes before you introduce some sort of controversial or, or polarizing romance. Yes. Um, and I think um, just recognizing that different people have different ways that they want different expectations for a book club yes. um, and different approaches to a book. So we have a couple of folks who will like pretty much every book that they read. They will say very nice things about it and they will like it. And they'll talk about the things they didn't like and then come back and say, but overall I liked it. Mm -hmm. um, and so long as those folks are happy to sit in a, in a book discussion where other people say, well, yeah, but I didn't like it. Mm -hmm. uh, and that I think can be one of the trickier places is not everybody likes to pick apart a book yes, um, or hear a book picked apart. Yes. Uh, and I think especially for romance readers who don't generally get invited to book clubs where like part of it is that they're going to pick apart and be critical of a book. Mm -hmm. um, they may not know that they don't like that. Right. And don't want to be a part of it. And it, I, I noticed that also with guest reviews, like when we do the read a reader challenge, there are people who sign up and then I'll get email about how difficult it is to criticize a book that, that, that it is not easy for everyone to do. Yes. And it's not easy for people to listen to or read either. I've seen that a lot as well. Right. Um, and I also, I've had authors who say like, hey, you're reading my book. You want me to come? And oh, I always say no. no, no. 
When um, I do the book club chat, uh, if I have the author coming, I have them come for the last half hour. And yes. I say, if you want to sign in and watch the discussion for the la- first hour, that's totally fine. I'll know you're there. You can direct message me quietly in the software that we're using. But please don't participate. I mean, if you want to read, that's totally up to you. But this space is not for the part where you're talking. Because if you enter the conversation, it will stop. Like, yes. Stop cold. So, yeah, you. I completely agree with you. Yeah. And I've done it. It's funny. I've done it for the other um, one of the other book clubs I ran, which was uh, general fiction, general non- narrative nonfiction. Um, I had at least one time where we Skyped in with the author, um, and it was great. That was The Last Policeman, which was a, which was a great mystery. Um, it's pre-apocalyptic, so the world is going to end in like a month or something. Everybody knows that a meteor is going to come and wipe everybody out like the dinosaurs. Whoa. Um, and there's a murder. And the um, it's in Portland, Maine, I think. The um, policeman's like, we should solve this. I think it's a murder. And everybody else is like, but who the cares? world's going to end in a month. Why do we? Yeah, who cares? Um, so the author came and Skyped in with us. And everybody had a lot of questions. They wanted to know um, ideas for this, how he got it published. Um, But general fiction authors have a different understanding of what their readers are going to expect and say about their book than romance authors do. Yes. That's very true. So if someone is starting a club and and an author wants to attend, general, your rule of thumb is that's not such a good idea. Yep. I say no. Have you ever had, uh, because if it's a library program, it's open to everybody, right? Yes. Have you ever had um, people try to join because they thought it was going to be like some salacious sex talk? I know that when I was doing events for both of my books, there was, and these were bookstores and in some libraries, there was always that one guy who yes. would attend everything that had to do with women and make in, you know inappropriate comments or just be generally creepy. Any creepers that you've had to deal with? Um, nobody has been creepy. I have had folks join the meetup um, and think it's going to be something else. Like a romance um, hooking up? Book club, yes. yes. Like a place where people meet for to find romance. Um, and usually... Like they'll sign up for something, they'll kind of see the interaction and see the books that they're that get sent. Like, hey, these are our books for the next month, and I'll get an like a message back on Meetup that says, "This wasn't for me." Yeah, at least that they um, figured it out and decided and didn't want to come in and like decide to make it what they wanted. Yes, and I hate to say it, but you know when a when a dude shows up, and we've had a couple dudes show up, we're always a little like so. Hi, why are you here? <laughs> um, and the first meeting, this one guy came. He didn't say a word. We have no idea why he was there. He's never been back. He didn't say a word. Um, but at the end of every meeting, there's a lot of like, what are you reading? Oh, is it good? I'm going to take notes. Um, and he wrote down everything that everybody suggested and has never been back. Um, and we had another guy who came. He used to read a lot of fantasy romance. And, you know, the first time he showed up, it it was a little like, hey, why are you here, dude? I mean, we're good with dudes reading romance. You just don't, you just don't normally. So, right. Um, but he came for 
I don't know, nine months, always very interested in the conversation, always had a lot to say. Um, you know, it was interesting to get a, a guy's point of view, honestly. Oh yeah. Um, so, um, and I think we've had like one other person, guy who showed up, um, clearly thinking it was something else, but he wasn't creepy about it. He was yeah. just like, I am oh. not in my space. Yep. So I'm going to be quiet and then I'm going to leave. Oh, I once went to Taco Bell with my husband because we dropped the kids off for a weekend and we decided that we were going to go and try the Taco Bell tacos that had the Doritos shells. <gasps> I still want those. Yeah. Uh, they were they were incredibly more delicious than I expected. But I'm in there and I have such clear memories of this. I was in the Taco Bell. We were discussing and I look over and there is a guy, a dude in a booth. He's got like all the tacos, like all of them. And he is straight up reading Nora Roberts, not even the suspense, like straight contemporary Nora Roberts. One hand with the taco, one hand with the book. And he was there the whole time we were there. And I was having that like, if it had been a woman, I would have been like, have you read the other ones? But it was a dude. Yeah. And I didn't want to talk to him. I want that guy to come to a book club. Yeah. I want the Nora Roberts reader at Taco Bell. That's the, That would be a cool person. I worry for myself um, doing something at a library that like like I said, there'd be creepers. Yeah. And that's hard to handle, especially if you're like on your own and you're volunteering or you're a librarian. It's hard to manage that. Because you want to yes. create a safe space for readers. Because the other thing about romance is that romance is about intimacy. And so the discussions are often, I assume from your club, often sometimes a little bit on the more intimate side. Is that the case? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, we talk about both sex in the books, but we also talk about like our own personal experience dating. We've been or dating or in relationships or however it goes. And we've been meeting for seven years. So we all know each other's, we know a lot about each other's lives and backgrounds um, and histories, all that backstory. We know a lot of it about each other. Yeah. Um, and a lot of that's very personal. Um, and yeah, you don't, you want it to be safe to yeah. reveal that sort of thing. And you want it to be a safe space for the people who are there while also welcoming new members. That's, that's, that's tricky. Yes. That is very tricky. Some of it's just a balance and like, you know, shutting down people I don't have to really shut down people very often I I don't know if I've ever had to do it in my romance book club but chilling people out who are getting a little over much yeah. <laughs> I've definitely had to do it in my general fiction book club like okay let's not talk about this now or you know I think we're gonna let someone else speak to that right now so just hold that thought yeah. <laughs> um so yeah, I mean it happens. I've been I've been lucky in the Romance Lovers Book Club, but is that I what it's have... called, the Romance Lovers Book Club? Yes. Awesome. Which I can I can sort of see why someone would read that and be like, oh, this is a book for people who are looking for a you know to meet with people. Yes. The romance readers would read that and be like, oh, that's for us. Yep. <laughs> and generally, you know, the meetups just the meetups have the book covers. Um, book descriptions now, because everybody wants to read the first in the series, I tell them which part in the series it is mm -hmm. and how long the series is. Right. And that's pretty much it. Sometimes I'll, if the theme is obvious, then the theme is obvious. If the theme is really wacky and I was clearly desperate for a theme, um, then there'll be a guess the theme, uh, note at the bottom, but it's oh, real. Oh, that's cool. Just pretty sick. <laughs> 
sometimes I get desperate. Yeah, I can understand. Is it, have there ever been months where you're just like, all right, I, I got no idea. Um, I generally plan out the books, um, like four months in advance. Um, so I've screwed up scheduling and like scheduled four books on the same day. Cause I just hit the wrong month. It's February and March are terrible for this. Right. Because if there are 20 days in February, then the days of the week are the same in March. Um, so I'll schedule things for February 1st and March 1st. Um, but I have not, because I schedule so far out in advance and they usually have a list of like 20 things that people want to read. I generally have enough to pick from um, so that I'm not stuck trying to figure out what to read. It means that some things, sometimes folks have been asking to read something in a romance um, that I just can't offer them for forever. Right. Um, and sometimes it means like sometimes that's because I can't find a second book. Right. Um, I can find one book on that theme or on that subgenre or with that setting, but I can't find another. So I have to hold that idea and that one book until I can find another theme that it fits under. Um, so if it's a setting that's really hard to match and I can find one book in that setting, then I've got to figure out, okay, well, this book is also friends to lovers. So when I've got a friends to lovers book, yes. I'll just pop them together and we won't theme it on series. Um, but, and when you select books, you try to keep them thematically paired in some way. Yes. And mostly, mostly that's so I can, as I am picking books, that helps me narrow down what I'm picking as well. Right. Um, because otherwise it's just a wealth of having just complained that I'm limited to print and stuff the library can buy. Um, that's still a lot of books. And if I'm just picking from that entire wealth, I need a way to, to narrow it down for myself. Um, right. And it's nice if they share a theme because then we can talk about um, how the books did this differently um, and how they compared to one another. That, and that makes for an easier discussion. Yes. That does make a uh, lot of sense. Much easier. Yeah, no kidding. So I have two more questions that actually don't have anything to do with book clubs. Yes. Is there anything else you wanted to say about romance book clubs? They're awesome, and everybody should be able to have a romance book club near them. Um, I hope that everybody does at some point in the future because they're great. Okay, awesome. <laughs> I love mine, so... So the first question I have is, what are you working on book-wise right now? Um, I have a book due March 3rd, so on Friday, um, for Harlequin Super Romance. It should come out in December of 2017. Um, it is online dating. That's going to be what I'm going to be talking about um, for, actually, I think, probably like three books with super romance that's yet to be decided. Um, but this book right now it's tentatively titled perfectly matched, but let's be honest, it will probably be different when it comes out in right. December, 2017. Um, is, uh, I watched this Ted talk by this woman who hacked match. Um, and she had this algorithm that she used and she like gave rankings to different things that, 
Um, she cared about, um, she beta tested like her pictures and her, um, and her profile. Um, I mean, she did all of this research, like just really what happens when a scientist hits match, like a data person hits match and tries to figure out how they can work it. And of course she met this guy. They share the same taste in movies. They share everything. And I watched the Ted talk. Uh, for my own personal dating, online dating, like research for me. Um, and so I was watching it and totally taking notes. But even as she's talking about it, I was like, oh, no, no, her, her perfect hero. Uh-uh, he is going to fail that algorithm like he has to. Yep. It is way more interesting if he fails it. Yep. And then what does she do? Um, so that's what's coming out in December 2017. And then I'm working on some other side projects as well that don't have anything solid under them yet. Um, but that's the big one. Now, I also always ask everybody, and this is a horrible question to ask a librarian, what you're reading that you recommend and want to tell people about? Um, so the romances I'm reading have all been for the Rita books, so I can't talk about those. No, of course not. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> I always forget um, there's a period when I interview people and it's like, Oh, it's all read a book, so I can't tell you. Let me think back a couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah, the, um, the thing I'm listening to on audio is not a romance at all, but it is the thing I have been talking to um, my fiancé about um, for like the past month, and he's kind of sick of it. <laughs> <laughs> so, of course, um, I want to hear all about it. Bring it on. Because it's so good. So I've been reading, listening to Trevor Noah's Born a Crime. Um, oh, my gosh. I have that on my list. It's so good. I have come home. I listen to it on my lunch break when I take a walk and then um, the Viking and I carpool. And so I'll get in the car and I'll be like, oh, Trevor Noah said. And he's like, okay, thanks. <laughs> um, and it's been like that for about a month. But Born a Crime is so good. On audio, it's fabulous. Trevor Noah reads it. Um, and so you get to hear him um, like do impressions of his mom, which is really adorable. That is um, the best. And I've, and I've seen clips of him switching between um, English and Afrikaans. Yes. And, just, and he switches between um, like four different languages in this book. That's so um, cool. Yeah. And, you know, he talks about... He just talks about what it is like to grow up as an exception um, to a very strict and rigorous um, racial grouping um, yeah. because he doesn't fit in any of them. Um, right. And he said all sorts of just profound things that really felt like they related to politics that they related to my interactions with the Vikings 19 year old daughter that I thought that she should hear because they were so good. I mean, so everywhere from how I deal with what I listen to the news to um, how I talk to a 19 year old girl. Um, it, it felt like it covered all of those parts of my life. And I learned about growing up in South Africa in this very particular moment. It's this lovely story about a father and a son, or uh, sorry, a mother and a son. And, you know, their interaction and how they learn and grow with each other. Um, it's just, there are so many layers to it. I cannot recommend that book enough. That's so cool. And listening to something like that makes it, I mean, it just adds to the experience, I think. 
yes. Yeah, it's really great. Um, so that's the big thing that's not um, something I was reading for book club or one of the Rita books that I can't talk about um, that I think everybody should read. And that is all for this episode. I want to thank Jennifer Lohman for hanging out with me. If you would like links to Novelist or if you'd like to see if it's available in your area, first go to your library website or ask your local friendly awesome librarian. I will also have links to options for exploring and all of the books and things that we talked about in this episode. This episode was brought to you by Wind River Cowboy by Lindsay McKenna, New York Times and USA Today bestselling author, U.S. Navy veteran and genre pioneer Lindsay McKenna is back captivating readers with the third book in her Wind River Valley series. With her signature military heroes in a Western romance setting, this distinguished author's finest talents combined for an engrossing series about searching for the true meaning of love and freedom within the wild expanse of the American West. Wind River Cowboy sees two former Special Forces teammates reunited at the Barsi Ranch after a tragedy during the war in Afghanistan. Can they help each other heal the wounds of the past and embrace the secret love they've always felt for one another? Wind River Cowboy by Lindsay McKenna is on sale now wherever books are sold and on kensingtonbooks.com. And while I was recording that, my most excellent assistant and sound engineer feline Orville decided that now is the time to flop over onto my desk. So Orville would like you to check out this book is the only way I'm interpreting that. Also, he wants me to rub his belly, which is a very large belly. I'll be here a while. The podcast transcript is also sponsored, and I would like to say thank you as well for that. The transcript for this episode is being brought to you by The Romance Reader's Guide to Life, a new book from Flatiron Books by author Sharon Pywell. Chevy Stevens, who is the New York Times bestselling author of Never Let You Go, says that The Romance Reader's Guide to Life by Sharon Pywell is a fascinating blend of genres that flows together seamlessly, creating the most original story I've read in a long time. Partly narrated from the afterlife, this riveting suspense story manages to be darkly comic at times while dealing with complex family dynamics that can fester for years. The second narrative is an intriguing pirate romance. It's deliciously entertaining, but the real love story in this book is the one between the sisters and their bond that can't be broken in any lifetime. You can find The Romance Reader's Guide to Life on sale wherever books are sold. So here's a question I already know the answer to. Uh, should I put a picture of Orville with his belly just hanging out? He's flat. He is flat on his back, all four paws in the air, demanding affection while I record. So I think I should share a picture of that, right? Right? Yeah. Okay. I totally will. I want to thank everyone who has supported the show on Patreon. If you are curious and would like to learn more about that, have a look at patreon.com slash smartbitches. Your support means an enormous amount, and it is helping me put together a live show at Romantic Times. Tickets are free, though you do have to be registered for RT to attend because it is an area that's only accessible to conference attendees. There's a link in the podcast entry for you to get your seat, or you can go to bit.ly, B-I-T slash S-P-T-B live show. That's S-P-T-B for smart podcast trashy books. S-P-T-B live show at bit.ly. You can find all of the details. I am so excited about this. One more thing. It has come to my attention that some of you have been leaving reviews for the show at iTunes and Stitcher and other places. 
thank you for that. I uh, apparently had no idea that this is a thing that people are super into, which is ridiculous because, you know, I'm actually a reviewer. Yeah. I'll be honest with you. There are some things that happen with reviews that aren't books that I'm always surprised by. And this is one of them. So if you've left a review for the show, thank you. That's so cool of you. And on behalf of Jennifer Lohman, Orville, and his belly, and Wilbur, and everyone here, we wish you the very best of reading. Have a great weekend.